Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey guys, this is EJ Hahn with the Wolverine.com, and we're back with this week's uh, the Wolverine recruiting chat here on our YouTube channel, exclusive for all our watchers here on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed to the channel already, make sure to subscribe. It is completely free. So subscribe to the Wolverine YouTube channel. Uh, leave a comment with your question. That's what I'm here for, to answer your questions. Uh, as always, leave a like on this video. Let's get the likes up on the video. Uh, people are uh, going to find the video through your likes and find our other videos through your likes. So make sure to like all our videos. And of course, if you want more Michigan recruiting intel, uh, sign up for the Wolverine.com today. We're offering a special promotion, just $10 
until next football season. So that's $10 until August of 2023. And that gets you insider information on Michigan recruiting, the football team, uh, the basketball team, basketball recruiting. You can find it all over at the Wolverine. We also have a great message board community over on the Fort message board. So uh, make sure to subscribe. And it is hate week. It is Michigan, Ohio State week. So the Go Blues are coming out. I'm rocking a a Michigan sweater. I've gotten some Go Blues today all the way out here in Virginia as well. So I know people are hyped up about the game. I've been asked like two or three times today, just walking into stores and stuff, you know, if Michigan's going to beat Ohio State. So we'll see. It should be a great game this weekend. Michigan uh, picked up some good news on the recruiting trail over the weekend or last weekend, I guess we should say, about a week from now. The Wolverines closed with on 300 offensive lineman Nathan Afobi. So we can talk about him. We can talk about all the latest happenings in Michigan recruiting tonight. Uh, but as always, I'm here to answer your questions. So we'll get to the questions first we, before we dive into any topics. And it looks like we already have our first question coming in from Jesse Ariola, And he says, how are we looking with Hobbs? He commits on the 25th, and now that Jaden Davis's season is over, we are going to close with him. How about Jaira Hill? How do we look? So three different questions there. Um, let's go ahead and start off with David Hobbs, five-star defensive lineman in the 2023 recruiting class. We haven't talked about him a ton. Uh, honestly, there isn't really a lot there. Obviously, he made his unofficial visit to Michigan, did not return for an OV, is now set to decide. Uh, I would be surprised if he ends up at Michigan. I don't think there's much of a shot there. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to Jaden Davis. Uh, let's go ahead and knock that out of the uh, out of the way. Uh, actually, before the show started, I was talking to our producer and he said what what questions or what topics do you think we'll cover and i said Jaden davis because the season's over uh so i know a lot of you guys are wondering what's next with Jaden davis now that he's won a state championship so congrats to Jaden davis and charlotte providence day uh for winning a state title out in north carolina davis obviously transferred to providence day this offseason so it's great to see him uh, win a state championship for his high school team. But everybody wants to know what's next in his recruitment. Obviously, Davis has stated on the record on numerous occasions, hey, I want to make a decision right after my junior season. That is over. So could he make a decision in the next couple of weeks? Definitely. Um, Davis told me he wanted to make a decision before the end of the calendar year. So that could be here as we head towards the end of November or it could be any time in December. Uh, at this point, it looks like it could be uh, more more likely December as he gets everything kind of planned out and uh, makes his final calls with the coaches and gets back into uh, the recruiting swing of things. Obviously, he has some other schools still in pursuit of him. Clemson is still talking to him a lot. You have schools like Penn State and North Carolina very involved as well, Tennessee hosted him for a visit. So there are some other schools definitely still in the mix for Davis, but right now I still feel very, very confident in where Michigan stands. I think if he does follow through with what he said, which again is making the decision before the end of the calendar year, and that's only four or five more weeks, then yeah, I uh, I do feel like it will be Michigan. Uh, Michigan checks a ton of boxes for Jaden Davis, like we've mentioned previously. Um 
I think that he he really likes the offense. I know it's not super pass happy, but Davis has always said he wanted to play in a pro uh, style scheme. So he really appreciates head coach Jim Harbaugh and his experience, not only coaching at the pro level, but playing the quarterback position at the pro level, playing the quarterback position at Michigan. And then, of course, you have co-offensive coordinator Matt Weiss, who also has NFL experience. So that's something that's really resonating with Davis I do think he fits the offense well uh, I think everything's kind of there uh, for Michigan to land him and if Michigan does I think that'll be a terrific start to the 2024 recruiting class which already has a pair of commitments in it so yeah I do think a decision for Davis is coming here at some point in the very near future what about Jair Hill how does Michigan look with Jair Hill uh, he is the thumbnail, thumbnail on tonight's video. That is another uh, recruit we obviously expected to be asked about. Um, Jair Hill on 300 defensive back out of Kankakee, Illinois, recently shot up the recruiting rankings, uh, went from in the 200s to 112, so almost a 100-spot jump in the latest on three update. If you haven't seen the new on 300 rankings, make sure to head over to on3.com and check out those rankings. Uh, obviously, across the board, Jair is a top 250 prospect, except for rivals. What are they What are they doing there? <laughs> they have him as a, a three-star prospect and not ranked nationally. Let's just uh, throw rivals in the, in the garbage can for now. But, no, I really like the rankings update bump for Hill. He had a great senior year. I've always been very high on him. He's a legit 6'2", 6'2.5". Um, he's a little bit on the skinnier side, but he's got the speed, uh, running a 10, seven, eight, 100 meter. He has the length, uh, he has great natural ball skills. I think he can be developed into a complete shutdown corner at the next level, but he's versatile enough to play anywhere in the secondary. He played a lot of safety for his high school team. Um, he also obviously played corner. He played nickel and you see him here. As our producer, uh, Matt Hutchison, pulled up the film, you see him playing some running back. He was also, on top of being a highly touted defensive recruit, the most explosive offensive recruit in the – or the most explosive offensive high school player in the state of Illinois. So I think Jair Hill is just an elite-level athlete, and I just love the energy and the passion he brings to the game as well. Um, Michigan is making him the top overall priority on the corner board right now. Steve Klinkscale has been in touch with him on a daily basis, multiple times a day. Michigan is recruiting him extremely hard and has been for several months, basically almost an entire year. Uh, he has always been a priority, but I do think Illinois remains a big factor there. You know, Illinois is doing better than expected. They kept the game close against Michigan, which I'm sure will be a selling point. Um, they've really made him kind of the crown jewel of their own 2023 recruiting class. So they've really pitched him on being the guy and seeing immediate playing time. But I think the opportunity is there for Jair to make an immediate impact at Michigan as well. And I think he's finally starting to see that. I don't think Michigan had really accomplished that, but he is. He, he knows that there is a chance that DJ Turner and Orjamon Green leave, and that leaves really Will Johnson as the only corner with 
any type of valuable playing experience in Ann Arbor. So the opportunity for him to come in and play right away for Michigan is great. I think the Wolverines have done a fantastic job with his father. I think Illinois has done a fantastic job with his mother. I still think it's a bit of a 50-50 battle, but Michigan hosted him again for another unofficial visit uh, this past weekend. He had a great time. I think Michigan gained some momentum there. Um, I think a lot of it is going to, or a lot of the end of this recruitment might come down to in-home visits. You know, I, I think Jim Harbaugh, Brett Bielema, depending on how those in-home visits, is, if Harbaugh can win over Jair's mom, I think that's the final nail in the coffin or the final push uh, that would give Michigan the advantage. You still have some SEC schools in the mix here, Florida, Auburn, but Jair's always seemed like a homebody, so I think he definitely sticks in the Midwest, likely in the you know at Michigan or Illinois. So we'll see how the battle turns out, but I think Michigan really helped itself this weekend and will continue to help itself over the next few weeks. But uh, still a heated battle with Big Ten bunk mate Illinois. Let's go down to Scott Knapp. And he asked, who will Michigan's next commit be along the offensive line? Um, that's a good question. So right now, Michigan has put together a really uh, nice offensive line class, considering the very rough start to the position group earlier in the cycle. If you guys remember, there was a lot of panic, um, you know, in those spring months heading into summer. But Sharon Moore has done a nice job of rebounding. He has a premier tackle in Evan Link, one of the highest floor interior offensive linemen in Amir Herring, a consensus four-star, and then just recently landed Nathan Aphobian on 300 prospect with one of the highest interior offensive linemen ceilings in the class. So three really, really good offensive line prospects. Michigan is looking to add at least one more offensive lineman. Obviously, the big fish on the board is Spencer Fano on 300 tackle out of Utah, but I think Michigan still has some work to do there. Uh, I would not pencil him in in the class right now, even though he did have a great OV and Michigan still working hard on him. Uh, I think the more likely Utah prospect and the more likely of any offensive line recruit is uh, Taliafi Ta'ala, which I'm sure I butchered that. Uh, yet again, I need to learn how to say it, uh, but Ta'ala, is uh you know an interesting prospect in the sense that he can be a right tackle or slide inside as an interior offensive lineman uh kind of in the same mold as a phobie although a phobie more athletic um ta'ala more of a you know physical blocker but um you see him listed here at about six foot five, 295 pounds. Um, so I think you have guys in Ta'ala and Afobi that can play tackle, that maybe project a little better at interior. But Ta'ala visited Michigan last month, had a great time on that trip. Not a ton of competition here. In fact, it seems like it's it's really Michigan, Oregon State, Arizona. So more of the lower level Pac-12 schools involved for Ta'ala. He is looking to return for an official visit in December. Michigan's still planning out the dates for December OVs because, you know, they could obviously make it to the Big Ten championship game. So still uh, working on OVs for December. But I do think he comes back for an OV, and I definitely think Michigan can close with Ta'ala, which gives you another high upside guy with versatility along the offensive line. And if you land Ta'ala, I still think you 
continue to shoot your shot your shot with Spencer Fano, but it looks like Fano may make a decision um, earlier than that. Right now, he has a commitment date of December 6th, but I think the safe pick for Fano is likely staying out west, but I do think the Wolverines can plug Ta'ala out of Utah. Uh, Scott Knapp also had another question below, and uh, he asked, do you see Michigan flipping anyone from Michigan State's um, class? Uh, that's a tough one, man. Obviously, it is a cluster in East Lansing right now. You have uh, Mel Tucker finessing his hundred grand and not giving him to any assistance. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely crazy. Also, with the uh, the tunnel stuff getting handed down today and all of that. Um, but in terms of Michigan State's class, I don't think there's a ton of guys that Michigan really recruited hard in Michigan State's class. I mean, Jordan Hall maybe at linebacker could be a potential option. Uh, I know there's been some buzz here and there about Brian Parachek out of Dexter, Cole Cabana's teammate, uh, but Michigan already has two tight end commits. There, there really isn't a need there unless, you know, they want to make room just to make room to steal someone from the Spartans. I mean, Brennan's a good prospect, but again, you already have two tight ends committed. Maybe they do make room, but again, 24 also has some really uh, talented tight ends as well, including top target Brady Prescorn, who you're already trending with. So I'm not sure there's a need to really go all in on Paracheck when there's other positions to fill. Um, they still do need a linebacker, so that's why I mentioned Hall. But other than that, you know, a lot of Michigan State's class was built on NIL, and that's not necessarily something that Michigan is going to do. So I don't think there's a ton there. Um, let's go down to Joe Dollar, who's asking about transfers. Um, normally, I don't cover transfers, but these are two guys that I actually covered um, as recruits. So let's talk about them very briefly. Is there any smoke with Walter Nolan or Trey Sanders with them hitting the portal? I'm not sure if Walter Nolan has officially hit the portal. I know um, there was like a troll account that posted that he hit the portal. So I don't know. I haven't kept up too much with Walter Nolan and, and his and the uh, portal talk around him i mean it wouldn't surprise me if he is in the portal or has thought about jumping in the portal that one was just a really wild recruitment obviously michigan was highly in the mix there but a lot of things going on behind the scenes i just don't know if michigan wants to re-explore that option if nolan does hit the portal um again just so much going on there i do think nil will likely be a big factor when it comes with Walter Nolan, but you see here our producer pulling him up. I mean, uh, he would be a great fit at six foot four, 315 pounds solely from a football perspective. Um, and then you see he, as a recruit, he was ranked as the number one overall prospect in the class uh, last cycle. You know, Nolan is a terrific player, but again, I, I do think NIL will play a factor. I think it played a big role to begin with, with him, uh, eventually signing with Texas A&M last cycle. So I just don't really see it. Trace Sanders is, is very interesting. Um, he ha didn't have a lot of production at Alabama, but he kind of caught a bad break, man. Like I've, I've really felt bad for Trey. Um, he had some injuries to begin with. He really was often injured throughout the early part of his career. He was in a major car accident. And then he just kind of got lost in the shuffle. 
Um, but he was such a great recruit, man, five-star, uh, the number 10 overall prospect in the country, the number one running back in the country. Um, I really loved my time covering Trey, and Trey was one of the last recruits I covered on the Texas beat, and uh, he was very high on Texas. They were in, in his top group. So I got to know Trey well. I went out and I saw him at IMG Academy. I want to say like two or three times at least. Um, I saw him on the seven on seven circuit. So I saw him live quite a bit. You know, I always r really like Trey. I mean, obviously he was ranked super, super high. Um, but what I really liked Trey about Trey was his athleticism. He was a great pass catcher out of the backfield. He often participated in club seven on seven tournaments. It's actually out of the same club seven on seven program as Damani Dent. So I know that George Hilo would have a tie in the Trey Sanders recruitment. Um, but on top of that, I mean, again, he was just a superior athlete playing running back. He could do basically everything you wanted him to do. Uh, I never thought Trey was just a pure running back though. And even at IMG, uh, the first and second down back, a lot of the times was Noah Kane, who you guys might recognize as the former running back at Penn State, who is now at LSU. And Noah Kane was more of a between the tackles runner. I never thought Trey looked completely natural running between the tackles, which was my only concern about him. Uh, I think he struggled a bit with vision and just being a natural runner, but he can do a lot of different things. And I think as a running back, he's never really been molded. Again, he had the injuries, he had the car accident. I think he just got buried uh, in the depth chart being at Alabama as well. If there's a coach that can get the most out of Trey Sanders, if he can bounce back to being the guy he was when I covered him back when he was a recruit, it's definitely Mike Hart. You know, I have been critical of Mike Hart as a recruiter, but if we're, if I covered transfers only, or I covered the team, Mike Hart would be my favorite guy because he is a fantastic coach, a fantastic developer of talent. And uh, I think that a guy like Trey Sanders would benefit so much from Mike Hart. Michigan obviously would have a need for running back. If, if Blake leaves, you know, you have Donovan and then not a lot behind them. CJ Stokes has shown some flashes, but you know, I, I don't necessarily think I'm all in on CJ just yet. And then you have some walk-ons after that. Javier Dunlap, who I didn't really like as a recruit, who hasn't shown much during his time in Ann Arbor. Maybe you move Kalel Mullings over to running back. Maybe Alex Orgy gets some play at running back. But so many question marks there. So I think you could benefit with Trey. I mean, you see that Alabama logo and you're like, oh, he's not even going to get past admissions. I know Trey is a grad transfer, so that could definitely uh, help if Michigan decides to go in that uh, direction. Let's go ahead and go down to um, Jesse Areola. And he is asking about Florida commit Aaron Gates. And guys, I do want to remind you that we are on a 30-minute show. It is Thanksgiving. And uh, if you notice, my background's different. I'm actually in uh, my wife's office. I had to bring her to her lab she had a scientific uh emergency i suppose from doing this show from here um but anyway we we have about 10 12 minutes left so if you guys want your questions answered i'm answering them in the order they've came in but if you want to skip ahead on the line leave a super chat just click that donate button all that money goes towards my travel budget so i can go out and see recruits i saw nine michigan recruits with offers uh, in Chicagoland last weekend. So I'm always out traveling, as you guys know, seeing um, all of Michigan's top targets and bringing you guys information. So if you want to skip the line, get your questions in, 
uh, make sure to leave a super chat before we get out of here. But let's go down to Jesse Ariolo. Uh, our great producer, Matt Hutchinson, has pulled up the question. How do we stand with Aaron Gates? Heard he took an unofficial visit. Is there some hope there? Yeah, I had some good scoop over on Aaron Gates over at the Wolverine.com. It was actually my Sunday scoop piece. I'm feeling pretty good about Michigan's chances to flip Aaron Gates. I actually put in a flip prediction way back in the spring. Uh, remember Gates visited for the spring game and I thought Michigan was very close to flipping him there and then it never really panned out then he came back for a summer official visit and I was like okay they have a great shot to flip him there and then it didn't really happen and then things died down a little bit Um, Gates did tear his ACL this year Florida was very um, you know accommodating towards that injury Uh, they are fully okay with it they even kind of lined up some medical attention for him as well. So I think that that is kind of keeping Gates um, somewhat solid to Florida, but I think Michigan has another prime opportunity to flip him. Not only did Michigan host him for a visit, uh, Michigan defensive coordinator Jesse Minter, who has now been to Gates' school a few times, was down there again during the bye week and really pressed for him to come on this uh, low-key visit. Steve Plinkscale has been recruiting Gates since forever. I went to a Michigan satellite camp in Nashville a few years ago, and Gates was there as a young prospect because of his relationship with Clink. Um, That's back when Clink had just left from Kentucky over to Michigan. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think the Wolverines have a great shot here. Uh, Gates is a great student in the classroom. His mother actually works in education. Uh, so that's definitely a boost for Michigan. While Florida is a, a great school as well, I think Michigan did fantastic with its academic presentations. Uh, Michigan has long made him the number one overall priority on the nickel board. Gates definitely knows that. Um, and like I mentioned, the relationships are there with both Steve Klingscale and Jesse Mincher. I think they are doing a fantastic job. There isn't... Uh, anything else they really can do here with Gates. I think they've been close to flipping him throughout the entire cycle, hence my pick way back in the spring. I think they finally get it done. I really do. I think Gates is close to making a final decision, whether that's sticking with Florida, whether that's ultimately flipping to Michigan. I would expect him to uh, make whatever decision he decides firm at some point in the near future. And you see his profile here. It's really undervalued kid um, on three as him ranked as a you know, middling three-star, 24-7 has him as a three-star. Uh, Rivals has him as a three-star, and ESPN is the only one that has him ranked in the top 200 nationally. I think that Gates is a terrific athlete. Um, you know, he's a kid that also plays running back. He's listed as a safety, but he can play some corner. Um, he can spin down and play in the box as well. Obviously, Michigan recruiting him for the nickel role. I'm really high on Gates. I think he's a four-star guy. I would lean more towards ESPN. I'm interested to see how he recovers from his torn ACL. That would be my biggest drawback before he tore his ACL. I thought he was, a, you know, surefire four stars. So uh, Michigan is in a, a good spot to flip Aaron Gates. So I definitely keep an eye on that situation. Let's go down to Joe Dollar, who is asking about Nicholas Harbor. Um, Joe Dollar says, what can you tell us about Nicholas Harbor? I see he set a commitment date and set his visits. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. I know the games this weekend, so I know everybody's fired up. Um, Look, I think with Nicholas Harbor, um, 
we're still in it for the long haul. I mean, he's not making his decision until February. He has set his visits, but he's still shuffling those around. Harbor actually has a playoff game this weekend. If they win that playoff game, he's going to have to reshuffle the LSU visit. So still kind of a work in progress in terms of his official visits. Um, I think Harbor's going to continue to take his time. Like I've said in the past, this is a, a marathon, not a sprint. So I still feel good about where Michigan stands. I mean, I, I'm still very wary of the um, SEC schools. Obviously, LSU has done a great job of recruiting him. They offer a great track program. They are getting him on campus for an OB at some point, whether that is the third or another date, depending on Harvard's playoff schedule. Um, we'll kind of see. Um, Georgia has re-entered the picture, which... I told you guys Georgia was going to come back into the mix. Um, Georgia initially was left out of Harbor's top five, but they are officially back. So no surprise there. Um, you know, South Carolina is still very much in the mix as well as uh, from everything I've been able to gather, really, really done a great job of selling NIL, which I'm sure the other SEC schools have as well. Um, while Michigan isn't necessarily going to entertain the NIL sphere, they have made it clear what Harvard can potentially earn at Michigan. They pointed out uh, players that are doing a great job with NIL. But more importantly, what Michigan has in terms of advantage over the SEC schools is the education. Harvard wants to be a neurosurgeon. His dad works for NASA. His mother's a pharmacist. So that's definitely helping out uh, Michigan for sure. Obviously, the track program isn't, um, you know, as could I guess not not really another way to put it as the SEC schools uh, so that's something they have to overcome but uh, women's track star Zaya Holman is like a big sister to Harbor and uh, I think she's definitely helping out Michigan as much as possible so uh, we're in it for the long haul we'll see where things kind of shake out for Nick as he continues to shuffle his visit schedule he could come he told me he could come back for an unofficial visit to Michigan as well potentially in January before he makes a decision so uh, still um, a lot of moving parts in the Harbor recruitment but Michigan's didn't going to just keep uh, chipping away or uh, chopping wood, I guess. Um, let's go down to offers PDQ. And he, uh, he is asking about the class. So um, is PDQ pretty darn quick? Because uh, I love their chicken sandwiches, man. So hashtag not a sponsor. But if you are a PDQ affiliate and want to send me some chicken sandwiches or chicken tenders, I would appreciate it. I don't have any around me um, and I did enjoy them while I was living in Dallas. So shout out to PDQ. But anyway, where do I think Michigan will finish this recruiting cycle? Um, probably top 20. Um, I think top 15 is still realistic. If the, you know, if things fall in, in the right places for Michigan, I could see top 15, I think top 10, unless they can have some type of crazy flips here in the last few weeks and they land Harbor in February, I think that top 10 is going to be pretty, pretty tough. I think top 15 is what you probably shoot for and top 20 is probably what you most likely end up with. So that would probably be my um, prediction for the class. Um yeah, so it, it it does stand for pretty darn quick. So if you like I said, if you're an affiliate, an affiliate for pretty darn quick, send me some chicken. I would love it, man. I I, I am a big fan of pretty darn quick. Uh, I need some honey butter chicken. I can't get it, you know. I can't get Whataburger anymore. So I'll take some PDQ 
for sure, for sure. I see we have uh, another portal question, which has to do with another recruit I covered. So let's go to Newf Dog, and uh, he's asking about Xavier Worthy. Any chance Xavier Worthy can come back to Michigan, or is that bridge burned? Man, Newf Dog, that's a loaded question. But uh, before I answer it, uh, we have about three minutes left. So if you guys want to jump the line, I know we have a shorter line than usual, or if you just want to donate to my travel budget, um, then go ahead and leave a super chat. All your money goes towards me seeing the top Michigan recruits, but any chance with Xavier worthy, uh, simple answer. No, I, I just, I don't see it. I do think some bridges have been burned there. More importantly, I think that, um, the culture aspect is fine with Michigan. Um, I don't think you really want to bring in Xavier Worthy as talented as he is. And I mean, I loved him as a recruit. You guys know I was super high on him. Even when he was ranked as a three-star, I was like, this kid's going to be a superstar. I love Xavier Worthy, the football player. But I think Xavier Worthy, in terms of being a locker room guy, I I just don't think you want to touch that. And I I don't think Xavier Worthy in general wants to revisit Michigan. Plus, Josh Gaddis is gone. And, you know, he's, he's visiting some other... I'm not even going to make the joke, but he's, he's enjoying some Thanksgivings at some other, at some other houses. So I, uh, I don't think there's much there with, with Xavier Worthy. I mean, the relationship he had with Gaddis was a big reason why Michigan was a big player to begin with. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think if he does transfer that NIL will play a big role with him, just like it would with Walter Nolan. So no, I just I just don't see it, man. I, I don't think Michigan's gonna gonna go that route. Um, let's see if we have any any other questions. Actually, I think that's our last question. So um, if you guys want to, oh, Michigan man Jason asked about Jair Hill. I guess he missed it earlier, so we'll briefly address um, Jair Hill. Um, I kind of went in depth earlier, so if you want to watch the replay of the uh, Wolverine Live podcast, then you can definitely do that. Um, but still a Michigan-Illinois battle. I think Michigan really helped itself this weekend. Um, I think that it's it, a lot of it's going to maybe come down to the in-home visits with Jim Harbaugh and Brett Bielema, so we'll see how those go. I think the last maybe final hurdle for Michigan is getting uh, mom completely on board um, but I do think it's more 50-50 right now. Still Auburn, Florida uh, continuing to push there, but still 50-50 between uh, Michigan and Illinois with Michigan having some uh, momentum. And Jesse Ariola saying 55-45. Uh, yeah, I would not disagree with that either. I, I was going to say like 51-49 just because Michigan has that momentum coming out of the visit. Again, if they can win over the mom, if Jim Harbaugh has a great in-home, and usually Harbaugh's great at in homes, I think they can uh, end up winning that battle. But thanks, thank you guys for joining me um, this Thanksgiving week. I know we didn't have as many questions as usual because of the holiday, but I uh, hope you guys enjoy some turkey. Uh, yeah, shout out to Jesse Ariola, um, yes, fellow Texas native. I do need some more Whataburger in my life. I'm going back down for Christmas, so I'll definitely be having some Whataburger. I'm disappointed in PDQ not giving me an offer uh for pdq man come on man if i'm gonna answer your questions i need i need chicken tenders for answers uh and then our new employee zach libby shout out to him he has joined the wolverine.com he likes skyline chili which is absolute garbage just throw it in the trash man you can buy like hormel chili and that's like the same thing and the cheese is like from dollar general so get out of here with uh 
with Skyline Chili. That that stuff's garbage. But I, I Zach almost made me cuss like five times just complaining about Skyline Chili. But Zach Libby, if you don't follow him, he's doing a terrific job over at TheWolverine.com. Uh, Zach has been banned from the chat, apparently. Good job from our producer also agreeing that Skyline Ch Ch Skyline Chili is trash. Um, but yeah, subscribe to TheWolverine.com. Zach's doing a great job helping me with recruiting content over there. Like I mentioned earlier, especially great gift for Thanksgiving if you give gifts on Thanksgiving or for Christmas coming up. Uh, if you're already a subscriber, gift a subscription. If you're not a subscriber, subscribe now. Just $10 until next football season. That's $10 until August 2023. Appreciate it, guys. Um, thanks for joining. And yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, and I think our producer, Hutch, will have to end. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.